Thank you so much for joining us for another message from Sandhill Free Will Baptist Church in Sandusky, Ohio. This podcast you're about to enjoy was given live before the congregation at Sandhill. It is our desire as a church to live Christ to people while loving people to Christ. We pray that this podcast will invigorate and encourage your walk with Christ. It is our steadfast belief that we can still be unwavering in our faith if we hold fast to the absolute truth of God's mighty word. For more sermons like this, as well as additional content, please visit our website at www.sandhillfwb.com or visit our social media pages on YouTube or Facebook, keyword Sandhill FWB Church. May God continue to richly bless your journey every step of the way. I am so thankful to be here. I I really, really am. Um, A lot of churches are going back to online and uh, I've been fearful of that every week that they're going to do that to us. But thankfully, we are here this morning. And I um, I don't know if you guys need to see me, but I sure do need to see you guys. And just to be together, uh, I, I'm so thankful. And all those that are watching us at home, whether you're from our church or whether you're not, we, we want to just consider that you're here with us and we're all together in this thing. And we love everybody and truly love all those that are at home watching us and uh uh, all of you that are here, just just so thankful to be in God's house. And I want to commend you guys again this morning. You guys did a fantastic job of worshiping. Those testimonies were so sweet. And uh, I think they're a great encouragement when we can when we can brag on the Lord. Amen. And so I, I'm thankful for the testimonies, thankful for the worship this morning, all that has been done. Um, <clears throat> I've seen that there were, um, I don't know if this has already been taken care of, but I've seen that there were several prayer requests. Can someone write those down for me and bring those to me? Uh, Renee, maybe, or... Um, or, or Renee, either one will be fine. So, <laughs> uh, just so as we can not forget those dancers. Turn your Bible to the book of Romans chapter 11. I have something just a little different for you this morning. <clears throat> While you are turning there, we often hear talked about, uh, it comes up quite often how that sometimes we believe something, but that it is not true. And so let me ask the, let me ask the congregation, if the preacher preaches something and it's not maybe how you've always thought it was, if it is maybe a, a different way of looking at things, or maybe you just think, no, I don't agree with that, what are you supposed to do? You're supposed to go read it up on it. Go see what the Bible says, right? You don't just get mad, turn it off. You don't just say, well, I don't agree with that, or I, I you know, I, you know, you know, you go see what does the Bible say. So this morning, I'm probably going to say a few things that maybe are a little different than maybe you have thought before. I ask you to go look at the Bible and see what the Bible says, right? If I'm wrong and uh, the Bible doesn't agree with what I'm saying, you ought to be able to come and confront me over that or, or uh, let me know that I am wrong because I don't want to be wrong. Uh, but possibly if we have believed believed wrong, um, we, we ought to uh, we ought to go to the Word of God to be corrected. Amen? You guys with me on that? Amen? <clears throat> so, how many of you here want to know the will of God? You want to know the will of God? I, I think that's one of the, probably one of the biggest questions that, that is asked uh, always. How do I know the will of God? And you hear that talked about so much. How do we know the will of God? I, I think that it is dr- drastically important. But can I say that in the day that we're living in with all of the cr- craziness, it's really important to know the will of God. Amen? It's really important to know the will of God. So, so we always want to know the will of God, but it's really important right now to know the will of God. And I just want to ask this question, are we doing it right? Are we doing it right? 
I think that's a pretty important question to answer. And as the pastor, if if possibly we're not doing it right, I think I have an obligation to try to address that. How do we know the will of God? And here I heard someone say this. I thought this was rather profound. Um, I don't remember who said it, but I heard somebody say this. Do you really, you know, sometimes I think we think the will of God is some secret spooky thing that we have to really work hard for and we just can't find it. But has it ever occurred to you that God wants you to know his will more than you want to know it? God wants you to know. He's not trying to hide it from you. He's trying to show it to you. And so I think sometimes like, how am I going to find the will of God? I don't know what God wants. You know, the truth is God wants you to know his will. So he's trying to give you his will, but I, I do fear that we go about it the wrong way. And I, and I want to try to address that this morning. And I, I believe that the best way, as I've said so often, but the best way to to find uh, the answer is not for Gary to come up with his own ideas, but to just take it straight from the word of God. And this text, uh, very familiar, we're going to read this morning, but I, I believe that it is uh, just a very clear, easy to understand if we take everything in context and the definition of the words and no contradiction of the other parts of the scripture and just interpret it correctly. I believe this lays out exactly how we know the will of God. Anybody here like to go home knowing how to know the will of God? Would you like to really know the biblical way to know the word of God or the will of God? And, and I think we can find that this morning, how to find the will of God. So if you'd stand with me and honor God's word, uh, again, very familiar scriptures, uh, but um, clearly, I believe, show us how to find the will of God. And in, in Romans chapter 11, uh, I'd like to start reading with verse 33. <clears throat> Paul here says, all the depths... And of the riches, both of the wisdom and knowledge of God. Can someone say amen? Amen. How unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. For who hath known the mind of the Lord or who hath been his counselor or who hath first given to him and it shall be recompensed unto him again for of him and through him and to him are all things to him be glory forever. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. For I say, through the grace given unto me, to every man that is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Let us pray. Lord, I am beyond thrilled to be in your house. So very good to be with our brothers and sisters. So very good to worship you. And Lord, I thank you for the uh, the good testimonies we heard this morning. Thank you for the wonderful songs, the Lord. I thank you for your presence. And now, Lord, as we look to your word, I pray that you would speak to the hearts of all that are here, all that are watching us online. I pray that you'd help me that I would not uh, uh, hinder your message. But Father, I pray your word would speak clearly to us that we might understand, Father, how to know your will. We prayed in Jesus name and amen. You can be seated. 
So let's just look at this scripture. Just look at it. Just go right through it expositorily and see exactly what it says. It starts out very clearly. Does it not saying that the that the mind of God is unknowable? He just says it, it's so the knowledge and the wisdom, the depths, the riches, the Paul's using the greatest words again. What he's saying is God is so much above us. We know in the book of Isaiah, it teaches us that, that our ways are not his ways and that, that, his, that his ways are as high above our ways as the heaven is above the earth. He, he, God is so great. Amen. God, God is so great. So, so his, the, to understand the mind of God, who can do that? Who can do that? The depths of the riches of the wisdom of the knowledge of God. And then Paul goes on to say, uh, how unsearchable are his judgments and his ways past finding out. You know what Paul's saying? There's no way you're ever going to understand God. Is that what he's saying? Is it, he's just too great, right? He's just, he, his, his, his ways are just that far above ours. But can I just stop right there? Don't we try? Don't we try in our humanness to figure God out? I have people all the time ask me, why does God do this? Why does God do that? I don't think this is right. I don't think this doesn't seem right. Why? Is... Because we're looking at it in our eyes and we're thinking God should think like we think. Can I tell you, God doesn't think like we think. God is different than us. And so it's very, uh, very high above us, his, his ways. And then it says, for who hath known the mind of the Lord? So again, just making the point, uh, we cannot comprehend the greatness of God, the mind of God, the, 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 the way God looks at things. So then Paul goes on. So if you understand, I always teach you guys in, in, in uh, context, and, and really we take all the book of Romans up to this point, but, but when we come to these verses here, speaking about how unknowable God is, and then Paul says in verse number one, again, remember these chapter divisions are not inspired. They are man-made. So we just go right into verse one and it says, I beseech you therefore. What do we do when we find therefore? We see what was before it, right? And before it, Paul is saying, God's, God's ways are so high, so high above ours, we're never going to be able to understand him. So he's saying, because of that, because God's ways are so high above ours, then Paul said, because of that, how are we going to know God? How are we going to know God? Everybody here says they want to know the will of God. I hope everybody watching this online wants to know the will of God. That's a big question today, how we know the will of God. And Paul's already told us that his ways are so high that we can't, we can never, you know, you don't matter how smart you are, you're not like, well, I figured God out. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. God's just too high. He's too high above us. Nobody figures God out. Nobody understands God's plan. Nobody knows God, what God's going to do. And so Paul said, because that is the situation, uh, may I remind you that Paul was no doubt uh, smarter than anybody here this morning, no doubt smarter than anybody watching us online. And Paul said, but because God's so much greater, I'm going to show you how to know the will of God. And he lays it out right real clear here. Verse number one, he said, um, brethren, by the mercies of God that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. That is clearly a reference to dying to self, to surrendering your will, to just giving over to God's way. 
Now we often hear this scripture used in, in, in a, kind of in a different in a way, but this scripture here is telling us because God is so great, you're never going to know Him until you die to yourself. Is that true? I I want to argue this morning that is one of the number one reasons we can't find the will of God is because we are in the way. And Paul said, you're never going to know the will of God because it's way too high for you. And until you die to yourself, you're never going to understand the will of God. Amen. So then he goes on to say, be not conformed to this world. And I want to try and argue this morning that even the good people at Sand Hill, even your pastor, we are influenced by the world. The way the world thinks, the way the world looks at things, the way the world sees things. And so in my humanness, I put all of the world's thinking in my head, and then I go to God and say, God, show me what you do. Does anybody see why we're having some problems understanding the will of God? Because in my humanness, influenced by the world, I'm trying to figure out why God isn't doing what I think God should be doing. That's not how this works. Paul said you got to die to yourself. You can't be conformed to the world. And then some really interesting words here. It says, be and be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, that word renewing literally means uh, to renovate, to make completely different for the better. So Paul is saying your mind is all messed up and the only way you're going to do it is to not let the world influence you, to die to self and, and then let God make you brand new, make you think differently, reprogram you. That word transformed, uh, that is a little uh, 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 similar uh, definition. It means to, uh, uh, to, to make something different, to, to change something. So, so the, the transformed and the renewing are, are working in our mind. So Paul's saying, I got to get that humanness out of you, and I got to get that world influence out of you, and then maybe you'll be able to see the will of God. And I believe that that is the secret to why we have such a hard time understanding the will of God. Um, <clears throat> then he goes on to give us, this is how you know the will of God, that ye may prove. And that word prove means to, uh, to, uh, to, to investigate and then to find the, the uh, evidence of, of why something is different so that you're proving it, uh, that it is good and acceptable and the perfect will of God. So Paul plainly lays out here, this is how you find the will of God. This is how you prove it. This is how you investigate it out and learn the, the will of God it is by getting rid of yourself and by getting rid of the world and, and by uh, going to the word of God. God for it to speak to you. And I'd like to argue that, that that's not the way we do it so very often. And I threw verse three in there because uh, I wanted to point out this one uh, uh, one line in there. And, and Paul said, after he said all this here about uh, about knowing the will of God in verse number three, he said um, that uh, to every man that is among you, that he think that not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think. I don't have time to preach that, but that's a lot of times why we can't find the will of God. We just think too much of ourselves. We, we just think too much of ourselves, right? I know God. I know what God's going to do. I know what is right. I, my opinion, my thought and all that. We just think too highly of ourselves. And, and all of these things are keeping us from hearing the, the, the direction God wants us to go in. So again, I ask the question to everybody that is here. Do you want to know the will of God? Do you want to know how to know the will of God? Do you believe you can know the will of God? 
I believe that we can know the will of God, and I believe it's going to show us real clearly right here how to do that. So point number one, right straight from the scripture, not going to give anything except for just what the Bible says this morning, but right, but, but I think this is going to have to adjust our thinking just a little bit. Point number one, remove your feelings. Remove your feelings. <clears throat> I don't care how spiritual you are. I don't care how close to God you are. I don't know who you are. Everybody here has a human way of thinking. Don't you? You have a human way of thinking. <clears throat> you know, I happen to think, you're going to have a hard time convincing me I'm any different. I happen to think that my grandkids are the cutest kids in the whole entire world. Right? And I believe that to be a fact. Now, I, I really do believe that to be a fact. And, and you're going to have a hard time. Now, you say, well, no, my grandkids are. No, my grandkids are the cutest kids in the world. Right? That went back here with his hand up in there. That, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> now, what is your point? My way of thinking says that's the only truth there is. But you know, there's other truth besides that. That's just my way of thinking. And, and my point is, is we all have, that's a silly little illustration, but we all have that this is the way it is. This is the truth. This is, this is my way of thinking. And we take that to God. And I'm praying for God to show me his will. And I'm praying God to show me what to do. And I'm praying for all these things. But in my mind, I already know the truth. And I'm just waiting for God to line up with it. And I can't figure out why God's not showing me what to do. You know why? Because you're in the way. Your carnal thinking is in the way. Here's a good one. Kind of goes with the message this morning. What we've always believed. You know, if you've been raised a certain way, believed a certain way, always thought things were a certain way, always done things a certain way around here, God himself can speak to you and you'll say, nope, that ain't right. Because we've always done it this way and we can't change. Am I right? That's church. We've always done it this way. We've always believed it this way. And God himself could be speaking to you and you can open up your Bible and you can read it for yourself and you say, nope, that's not how we've always done it. We're not changing. That is human thinking. You've got to, you've got to remove your feelings out of the way. How you think it should be. You know, we're taught, we're taught to pray if it be thy will. Is that how we're supposed to pray? So, you know, a loved one is sick. I'm about to lose my home. I'm about to lose my job. You know, my marriage is splitting up. My children's going astray. And so I get down and I beg God and I pray to God and I say, Oh God, if thy will be done, put my marriage back together. If thy will be done, help me not to lose my job. If thy will be done, uh, take care of my finances. If thy will be done. And you know what I'm thinking the whole time I'm praying that prayer? This is what God needs to do. Because I have a will and God needs to do what I say. <laughs> right? Do you see where our, our feelings, our, our humanness interferes so much and people say, I don't understand the will of God. But can I tell you, we're getting in the way. We're getting in the way. God can't speak to us because we're human. And Paul is simply saying, listen, if you know your New Testament, if you know your Bible, the Bible teaches all the way through. Paul is saying, until you die, you're never going to understand God. Until you get out of the way, God will never be able to speak to you. Until you die out, deny yourself, be willing to do whatever God says, you're never going to know the will of God. Is that right? Is that right? Amen. And so we have to die out to what we're thinking, die out to our will. We have to die out to <clears throat> what we want. We've just got to say, God, I, I don't bring any, I don't bring any, uh, 
um, preferences here. I, I just whatever you want, God. You know, I, I've wrestled with a lot of things. I, I doubt there's very many Christians here this morning uh, that have been saved very long all who haven't wrestled with some things in your Christian life. You ever wrestle with something for maybe for months? Pray and pray and pray and beg and beg and beg. And you know where I most of the time find the will of God? When he wrestles me down to the ground and I say, uncle. Do the people still say uncle? <laughs> I give, I give, I, I give. And then I say, Lord, whatever you want. I don't care. I, I, whatever you want. I, I lay my opinions aside. I lay what I've been wanting aside. I lay what I've been begging you for for six months aside. And I just simply say, God, whatever you want. And then you know what? Usually it's just as simple as that right there is God's will. <laughs> this may not be fun, but this is how it works. This is how it works. We got to get rid of ourselves. So we got to die out to, uh, to ourselves. We got to remove our feelings, what we think it should be. And simply, if we go back to the text in verse number one, can I just say this, that, that, uh, living sacrifices, uh, dead bodies don't have opinions. And that's the point. Paul said, you got to become a living sacrifice. You got to die to yourself. And if you're dead to yourself, you don't have an opinion. You don't come to God and say, well, this is how it should be. This is what I want to do. This is what I won't do. This is what I will do. This is what you should do. Uh, Sacrifices don't have opinions. Sacrifices are dead. Sacrifices are dead, right? So, so, uh, we got to get rid of our, our feelings before we can hear God. Now, this next one, a little bit, a little bit tough. Number two. We have to reject the world's way. We have to reject the world's way. We see in verse number two, clearly it tells us not to be conformed to this world. Uh, And and we're going to get into the rest of it here in a minute, but it says not to be conformed to this world. Now, this is just a little bit tough. All right, you guys with me? (laughs) I guess before I go any further. See... This sounds really spiritual, and what I'm going to tell you, this is kind of the way a lot, and I don't know that, I don't know if this is in Sand Hill, but this is kind of what's in church. And I was thinking about this, this sounds more spiritual than God's way. This sounds better than God's way. I'm going to give you God's way in a minute, but what I'm going to first show you the, the way that we often do it, and it's, it sounds better than God's way. It sounds more spiritual, it sounds better, but I want to try to show you that it is really the world's way and not God's way, the way we do it. So, you ever heard a testimony like this? Someone comes into church and they're usually just crying and they're just overcome with emotions and they're just, oh, they're just beside themselves. No, the testimony will go something like this. Yeah, I've been praying for a long time. The guy would show me something. I just, just been waiting for God to show me something. I was in the store the other day and, and boy, just as I walked across there, I had this feeling wash all over me and I just knew then God gave me the answer. And they bawl and they cry and we all shout hallelujah and we have a tremendous service and wow, God showed up. God showed them what to do. But how many of you have been around church long enough to know that three weeks after that, that what they said, they no longer believe that, right? I mean, they cry and they boohoo and God showed them something at Walmart and, and they got a great vision. They had a feeling come all over them and they just knew something happened and this is what God wants me to do. But you give them a little while and they forgot all about that. Does anybody know what that is? That is emotions. And that is not God. But that's how we think that God speaks to us, right? What about this? We, we've all heard this. We've heard these testimonies for years and years in the church. Probably most of us here have done this. Well, 
I was thinking about buying that new car. And boy, I prayed and I prayed and peace just came all over me. And I knew God was saying, buy that car. It's my will. It's my will for your life. Buy that car. I just had a peace and I just, boy, I knew that was the will of God. And then six months later, why do I got to make this stupid car payment? I hate this thing. It costs so much money. That wasn't the will of God, people. That was a good feeling you had. Now, if you really want it and you're really in the way and your way of thinking is I want this car and you pray about it, you can convince yourself God just gave you peace and you can go buy that car. Listen, that's not how God works. It's, that's not how we find the will of God, but that's how we think we find it. And again, we cry a lot. We have a lot of uh, good testimonies on that. Uh, but I've been around long enough to know that most of the time those testimonies come back around to kind of bite us because they, they, they don't, they don't hold up. Can I just tell you God doesn't make mistakes? Is anybody with me? God doesn't make mistakes. God doesn't say do this. Oh, oops. I didn't see that coming. That was a mistake. No, God, God's will is perfect. God's will is right. So, so we, we, God's not going to be giving us advice and then it turns out to be wrong. And we've all, and I don't mean to, I don't mean to pour salt in the wound, please. I, I, I don't mean to pour salt in the wound. I'm trying to help you guys this morning. God knows my heart and I don't want to hurt anybody by saying this. But I've seen this in my pastoring. I've seen this so many times and it's because I believe we've been taught wrong. I got a loved one that's dying. They're, you know, they've got this, this sickness. And I prayed about it. And God showed me He's going to heal them. And I know they're going to be all right. Right? God showed me. God, God, God showed me His will. But how many have heard that testimony and then a little ways down the road, they die? And I'm just saying, we do a lot of things in church that really don't line up with the Bible, but we really... We think we're being spiritual. I'm waiting for God to show me some sign. I'm just waiting for a, a sign from heaven. You know, I'm, I'm just, I've got this thing I want to do. I've got this decision I got to make. I've got whatever. And I'm just waiting for God to give me a sign, give me an emotion, give me a feeling, give me a, and then I'll know the will of God. I want to challenge everybody here this morning. I, I want to challenge you. Everybody watching me online, I want to challenge you. Uh, I, I'm not being a smart aleck. I, I'm, not, I'm, I'm just being as honest and sincere as I possibly can. But I want someone to come to me and show me that in the Bible. I want someone to come and show me that in the Bible. Now, may I remind you just by a little bit of theology here. May I remind you about in the Old Testament, they did not have the Bible. They did not have the word. And in the Old Testament, God literally spoke with words. I mean, you would hear him with your ears. He would say, Moses, and Moses would look up, and they'd start talking to each other. Wouldn't that be really something? But, you know, can I tell you that that doesn't happen today? I have the Word of God right here. So don't go back to the Old Testament and say, well, Moses was out one day, and God started talking to him. Well, if that's happening to you, uh, okay, that, that's not how it happens today, okay? May I remind you that in the New Testament, when we're looking at particularly in the book of Acts, there was no Bible. There was no New Testament. And often God would speak to them and give them inspiration because they were in a time of finding uh, the Word of God. But can I tell you that today a preacher, do you know what? I don't need to come and tell you God showed me some great revelation of what we're, you know what I need to tell you? Thus saith the Word of God. Can I tell you this can't be wrong? Can I tell you what Gary thinks we should do can be wrong? Can I tell you what Gary thinks is the will of God can be wrong? But the Word of God can't be wrong. And I just think if we go back to the Word of God, we, we would clear up a whole lot of these messes that we have because we think uh, that God is just going to give us a feeling, a sign, an emotion, something to happen that is going to um, reveal the will of God. And that's not how it works. Now, I don't mean for this... Does anybody here want me to help you guys? Does anybody here want me to help you guys? Okay, I'm not saying this to hurt your feelings. I'm not saying this to be offensive. Anybody watching me online, I'm not saying this to be offensive. I'm trying to be helpful. 
But does anybody here know? Okay, I'm just going to I'm just going to try and just empty my mind and allow God to give me a feeling and show me His will. Does anybody know what that is? That is the occult. That is the occult. That's that's how the occult works. Does any Does anybody here remember the '60s? Does anybody remember the '60s? Get high on drugs, hold up peace signs, and walk around with an empty brain, and and just let God give you some sign, right? And and that was that was the thought of of how we listen. That is that is the occult. That and and we we can look all through history. We can look back in the Old Testament. We can look all throughout the years, and that has always been the thing: empty your mind and let God give you a feeling. You know, the in the Old Testament, people wanted to know what the gods wanted, so they would pray to God. They'd empty out their mind. They'd wait for a feeling to come. When they got that feeling, boom! I know what God wants. It's of the occult. I know that's probably offensive, but again, uh, prove me wrong in the Bible. Prove me in the Bible where as New Testament saints, when the Bible is, is finished, where it tells us we're supposed to walk around, wait for a feeling, and presto, I know the will of God. I <laughs> got you guys thinking now. <laughs> that preacher done lost his mind. Well, maybe we've been taught wrong. Now, you'd have a whole lot better argument with me that I am wrong if ever since I was a little child, all of the hundreds of people that I have heard give testimonies of how God showed them their will and some feeling that they got at the supermarket hadn't went wrong three weeks later. But we all know that most of the time, that's what happens. How many preachers have you heard? God showed me. God spoke to me. God told me. God wants us. And then a few weeks down the road, nope, that wasn't God's will. Right? It was a feeling. It was an emotion. It was, it, it was akin to the cult. And the title that I, that I titled the message, I know this is kind of a rough title, but divination in the church. Divination. Do you know what divination is? That's what, that's what people who work with uh, satanic spirits do. They divine things. They figure out the future. Now, isn't that really kind of what we want God to do? I want God, because I know He knows everything, I want Him to show me the future and give me the best life I can and show me every step I should take so I won't have any problems and life will go good. That's really what we want. That's divination. I mean, you can go down to a someone with a crystal ball, you can go down to some soothsayer, you can go down to someone who reads cards, and they can tell you this is what your future is going to be, and you and, and you know some, that makes some people feel better. And we say, well, we would never do that because we don't believe in that. But can I tell you, we got to be careful we don't do that with God. We're just wanting Him to reveal some. Some feeling to us of what the future is going to hold, so my life will all be good. I believe that is not how the Bible tells us to do it. So we have to reject the world's way. And doesn't that sound spiritual? I just be real honest. I'm going to tell you here in a second what God says, how we're going to know His will. But I just be real honest. If you've been raised in church, and I don't really think this is a sand hill anymore. But if you've been raised in church, and if you've been out there online and been in different churches and everything, you're going to know. What I'm going to tell you is not going to sound very spiritual. And what they say, empty your mind, wait till a feeling comes. When you get that tingly feeling, you'll know that's the will of God. That sounds so much more spiritual. And when you stand in church and you cry and you boo-hoo and say, boy, God showed me when I was at Walmart that this is what I'm supposed to do because I had some feeling come all over me. And everybody just cries and say, boy, that guy is so full of God. He knows exactly what to do. But I believe that's the world's way of understanding the will of God. So who wants to know God's way? Amen. 
Uh, uh, number three, the renovation of the mind, the renovation of the mind. Paul tells us clearly not to be conformed to the world, but be transformed, be renewed. That word renewed literally means the reno- renovation, the changing, the remaking of our mind. He's actually reprogramming us altogether. Titus 3, 5 the only other place in the New Testament where this Greek word is used, but the word renewing is used there. And it says by the renewing of the Holy Ghost. I believe the Holy Ghost is supposed to renew our minds. You know what the Holy Ghost is really trying to do? He's trying to get rid of your thinking so as you will be, let God put his way inside of you. And that is how we are renewed is getting rid of your humanness, getting rid of your worldly influence and letting God put the Holy Spirit in you so you'll think like God thinks. Do you know the New Testament teaches us that let this mind be in you as was in Christ? Let this mind be in you as was in Christ. We're supposed to think like Jesus. And we're not supposed to get Jesus to think like us. So so how do we do do this? How do we do this? So God wants to reprogram our minds. He wants us to think like God. Wouldn't it be really nice if I knew how God thought? Wouldn't it be really super cool if I had a book that told me how God thought? Wouldn't that be really helpful? I mean, wouldn't it just be great if I could just go somewhere and I had the words of God that I could look at? Wouldn't that be great? (laughs) Isn't it something how as Christians, this is the last place we want to go. It's the last thing we want to look at. I'd much rather just have a feeling come over me. I'd much rather, you know, I've been around church long enough, and I'm not trying to be harsh here. I'm not trying to hurt anybody's feelings. I'm just trying to be real so you guys will get it. But I've been around church long enough. No, I have seen in my Christian life, not just when I pastor, but all of my life, I have seen a multitude, hundreds of people saying, I'm, I'm looking for the will of God. And most all of those people, they're not reading their Bible. They're not interested in church. They're not interested in preaching. They're just praying that God will give them a feeling so they'll know what they're supposed to do. <laughs> Does anybody understand that's not right? Does anybody understand that's not how we know the will of God? Do you know how we know the will of God? We read this. We read this book. Now we read, now last week in, in Scripture, sit down, and I'm sure that all of you were at Scripture, sit down last week, but last week in Scripture, sit down, we talked about the spirit of the Bible. And we said this is alive. Anybody believe this is alive? This is alive. I have this happen to me all of the time. I know I tell you guys this all the time, but but I have this happen to me all of the time. It absolutely blows my mind. I read so much every morning. I close my Bible up. I open it back up the next day. I read, pick up reading what I left off the day before. I read so far. I close it up, pick up next day, right where I'm So throughout today, I'm struggling. It's a Tuesday, and I'm struggling with something, and something's on my mind. Something's bothering me. I'm going to pick up my Bible on Wednesday morning and pick up reading right where I left off Tuesday morning. Everybody follow me? And guess where I pick up at? Right where the answer is to the problem I have. Now, wouldn't it be better if I just prayed for a feeling to come from heaven and I just have a a, a tingly feeling all over me that I know God's showing me what to do? Or I could say, God, would you speak to me from your word and show me something to give me direction? Is anybody with me? I've done this before. Now, you you guys are going to think I've lost my mind, but I've done this before. Just so happens... Well, it just so happens my daily reading from Tuesday that goes into Wednesday is in Leviticus. How could God speak in Leviticus? And I'm thinking, God, I need to answer today. I need something good today. I got a problem today. And I have prayed this prayer, God, would you speak to me from your word? And in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, he can't speak through Leviticus. It's not possible. And guess what? He did. 
Because this is a living Word of God. It speaks to us. And so I just suggest this, and right along with studying the Bible is the preaching of the Word of God. And I just say this here again, not to be offensive or anything, this is just what the Bible says. That mentality, and I hope that mentality has gone all the way, but that mentality, I don't come to church to learn about the Bible, I just come to church to feel the Spirit of God. Can I tell you, that's not of the Word of God. That's not, and, and, and a lot of people, again, they think they're so spiritual because they, I just want to feel the Spirit of God. I'm not interested in learning about that Bible stuff. They're going to teach a Bible? No, I, I want to just come feel the Spirit of the Lord. We gotta be careful. We're supposed to come to church to learn the Word of God. Amen. Amen. I was so proud of you guys. We did that survey back there, and I don't know what it was, but it was probably 90, 95% of you said the reason we come to church is to learn the Word of God. Praise God. But can I tell you, when we come to church, we learn the Word of God, we, uh, we, the Word of God is preached to us, we're studying the Word of God, we're, we're filling our minds with the Word of God, we're getting out the world out of us and getting our humanness out of us, the Bible starts to speak to us and we start to understand the will of God. Can I tell you, this is the will of God. This is the will of God. You don't need, you don't need a tarot card. You don't need a palm reading. You don't need a crystal ball. You need the Word of God. You don't need a tingly feeling. You don't need some sign. You don't need some, uh, some peace to fall over you. You need the Word of God. And how's come it is that a preacher saying that is that, well, you're just not very spiritual. I'm so spiritual. I don't need the Word of God. I just let the Spirit lead me. Can I tell you, that is not spiritual. That is against the Word of God. The Word of God says we need the Word of God. We're to study it. We're to learn it. And I've just learned this. Listen, I don't, you're never going to know everything the Word of God says. But when you're continually putting in the Word of God and continually putting it in and continually putting it in on a daily basis, you're continually putting in the Word of God, it does something to you. It does something to you. It starts making your mind think like God. And that's how you know the will of God. And so you're facing a decision. You're facing something you've got to figure out. You're facing something else. Don't just go away and say, oh, I'm just waiting for God to show me something. You know what you need to do? Hit the Bible. Listen to some preaching. I can say, I can say over the last 25 years, most of the time when I have needed direction from the Lord and a direction we should go or something we should do or a decision I need to make, I have got my answer either waking up and reading the Word of God or listening to preaching to preach the Word of God. I believe that's biblical. I believe that's biblical. I believe that is accurately the way that we do it. And so we, we need to, we need to allow the word of God to change our mind. And we have a lot of thoughts about, you know, um, I just, I just want to throw this in real, real quick and then, and then we'll, we'll give you the last point. We'll go home. I believe that we said the world comes in. I believe we've been programmed. The church has been programmed, and I think that we don't think right. You know, we, we, we watch Hallmark movies, and we watch Hollywood, and we watch all the things out there, and this is what we believe. We believe that everyone should has the right to have a perfect wife who's beautiful and gorgeous, always in a good mood, and she absolutely adores me all the time. Isn't that life? I mean, isn't that a normal life? I mean, every day I come home and she's beautiful, she's gorgeous, she's loving all over me, she's telling me she's the greatest, and she's just so happy that she's married to me. That is a Hallmark movie. Does anybody know that's not life? Now look at me. Does anybody know that a lot of Christians think that's what they deserve? Why isn't my life like that? I don't understand why God isn't giving me that. I'm single. God should send me this perfect person. I'll always have a perfect life and marriage will be easy and I'll just everything. Listen, sometimes life is just hard. 
Why don't I have it? You know, also Hollywood tells us that I should have a good paying job where I have to do absolutely nothing. It is easy all the time and I am filthy rich and I get every material possession I want. That is what the, that is the American way. And God, why am I not having that right now, by the way? I mean, what's prom? My thinking is I deserve that. God says, that's not my word. Sometimes my word says you'll do better if you don't have all that stuff. I'm just saying the world gets into us. We think like the world. We complain because we don't get what the world tells us we should have. And God says, I didn't promise you any of that. But God has given us a better life because we have Jesus Christ. Not because we have a perfect marriage. Not because we have a perfect job. Not because we have every material possession. Not because we don't have health problems. Not because we have Jesus Christ. And I believe that that is, that is the way we will know the will of God. So I just say this, point number four, the revealing of God's will. The revealing of God's will. We see that clearly in uh, the end of verse two, that we may prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God. And as we'll say this, just real simple. This isn't profound, it's real simple. The Holy Spirit works through the Word of God. Did you get that? The Holy Spirit works through the Word of God. I believe that it is a great trick that Satan has pulled upon the church a hundred years ago that we could do without the Bible and we could just let the Holy Spirit lead us. The Holy Spirit leads us through the Word of God. And you take the Word of God out, you're going to get deceived. But the Word of God in, the Holy Spirit will lead you and you can know the will of God. The Bible is alive and a mind filled with Scripture can discern God's direction. I believe it's that simple. I I believe get rid of the world, get rid of self, get rid of your feelings, let God put His Holy Word in you, and His Holy Word can give you His will in every area of your life.